Welcome to Kicking It With The K-Train, talking with people who help me keep an eye on my vision. Hey everyone, my name is Kyle Kuhn. I'm a totally blind US Paralympian author and speaker. Um, I've been pretty fortunate to live a full and adventurous life. Um, you could say that I have been pretty successful, um, but I definitely could not have done it without the help of some really incredible people. Um, so on this podcast, I'm going to introduce you to many of the people who have helped shape me into the person that I am today. Um, and you know, these are the people um, that really help me keep an eye on my vision. And maybe through hearing their stories, uh, they can help you as well. So let's get started. Huge shout out to my personal partners who help support my adventure athlete career. Um, massive, massive thanks to Bubba Burger. You'll never bite a burger better than a Bubba. Um, straight from the freezer to either the grill or the stovetop, you guys. Um, I've been eating Bubba's for over 20 years. I mean, that's the majority of my life. And hands down, this is the best burger out there. So go check out BubbaFoods.com and uh, check out the store locator to see where you can get your favorite variety of Bubba today. Thanks so much to Infinite Performance Nutrition. Um, take your nutrition personally. Hydration and protein, um, custom tailored for your unique recovery, uh, tastes, sweat rate, um, you know, your training, your goals, you know, and, and your lifestyle. Um, you guys, I, I've been using Infinite since uh, before the Paralympics in 2021, and right now I can't imagine using uh, anything else. Um, they keep me fueled through every workout and every race. So uh, check out infinitenutrition.us, I-N-F-I-N-I-T, nutrition.us, and uh, use the code COON15, that's C-O-O-N-1-5, for 15% off your order. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Kicking It With The Day Train, where I chat with people who have helped me keep an eye on my vision. I am very excited to chat today with another one of my paratriathlon resident teammates. Um, this lady has, has been uh, pretty instrumental, I would say, in uh, helping me become uh, the triathlete that I am today. And um, she has really been, I, I would say, probably the, the linchpin of the paratriathlon resident team. Um, so I'm super excited to introduce everyone to two-time Paralympic silver medalist, multi-time world champion, and just all around badass lady, my friend, Haley Dans. Haley, welcome to the show. Oh, thank you, Kyle. Wow, that was such a kind intro. <laughs> so stoked. Yeah. Hey, hey, no, I, I, as, as you know, I only, I only tell the truth. So, <laughs> no. <laughs> sometimes, sometimes it's, uh, sometimes it's not so flattering. But you know, I, but like, I, like I said, you it's know, why I, we love I, you. Oh, I, I try, I try. But, uh, but yeah, Haley, you, you, you know, like, like I said, you, you are quite the the litany of of accomplishments um but like i, I kind of want to let you know because while you are pretty active on you know social media and, and you know all that um and, and a lot of people in the in the triathlon world you know they they definitely know you and, and recognize you um i kind of you know here on the on on the podcast we like to kind of peel back the layers a little bit um, so why don't you kind of why don't you kind of 
fill in um you know my fans and followers and and my audience on you know who who is Haley Dan's like where like kind of where did you grow up and and what is what's your story okay wow peeling back the layers let's see <laughs> um well so I am Haley Dan's uh you know these days I do think that like uh probably the most salient aspect of my identity is that I am a paratriathlete. You know, I've yep. been doing this sport for um, 12 years now, which is crazy to say. I don't know how I all of a sudden became like one of the old people in the sport. Um, <laughs> I hear you. But, yeah, right. <laughs> um, but yeah, it, being a triathlete has, uh, you know, it's really just kind of cut into every single area of my life and mm -hmm. it's kind of, it underlies like everything that I do. Um, and so I am a lot of things, but I think at this point in my life, like that is, that's kind of my number one. Um, I think, you know, within the last couple of years, uh, you know, being a, a teammate has also become a, a really important part of my identity, which is interesting yep. because, um, you know, we're in an individual sport, arguably like the most individualistic sport that there is. And yet, uh, you know, ooh, I'm preaching the choir here, but like <laughs> we've been able to create like this incredible team here um, oh, yeah. in Colorado Springs. And, uh, you know, just being a part of that has given me a level of fulfillment in my career and in my life that mm -hmm. really just motivates me and propels me forward and, and makes me excited to keep doing this after all these years. Um, but I guess kind of, you know, backtracking a little bit, I, uh, I grew up in, uh, the Milwaukee suburbs, um, in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Um, I, I grew up with three sisters and two parents and a pretty, pretty close knit family. Um, yep. Growing up, sports was pretty much, uh, you know, that was that was one of my biggest passions. Um, a little known fact about me, actually, was that I I was also a thespian uh, in those <laughs> early days um, and was like pretty into like theater. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah. Which which, you know, you know, I about do. My, one, my one woman show that I've yet yes. to uh, I, I, have resurfaced. I was, I was gonna ask when, when are we gonna resurface that I mean, come on yeah well so actually um <laughs> it's I, I don't know if I told you this we ran into um someone here at the training center the other day who mm -hmm. has the authority to maybe create a talent show and we're oh like would it be fun if we had a talent show and he was like yeah let's do it so um <laughs> oh my if gosh. there's ever a, a training center talent show we'll, we'll bust out the one woman uh, absolutely yeah. <laughs> yeah gotta do it gotta do it yeah yeah um but yeah like i i had a pretty uh normal happy lovely childhood um and then uh, when I was 12, I was diagnosed with bone cancer in my left leg, um, which was like, you know, pretty much the last thing that I ever expected to, to happen to me. Um, yeah. But it kind of caught me in that phase of childhood where like, I still thought that I was invincible um, mm -hmm. and probably didn't fully appreciate the gravity of, of everything that was going on. Um, my mindset was really just like, all right. Let's do whatever I need to do to, you know, put this part of my life behind me. Um, yeah. So I had went through a couple of years or a year of, of chemotherapy, um, a couple of years of surgeries, um, and that all put my cancer into remission. Um, but uh, all of the surgeries, it left me with this leg that was basically useless. Um, I wasn't able to walk without crutches. I couldn't bend my knee. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, I just, I was getting so frustrated because I, I so badly wanted to put this chapter of my life behind me and move on and go back to playing sports. And my leg was just preventing me from doing that. Um, and so, uh, when I was 14, I made the decision to have my leg amputated above the mm -hmm. knee. Um, and, you know, it's one of those things where you know, people say like, oh my God, I, how at 14, did you make that decision? Like you were literally just a kid. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, I, I feel like now that I'm an adult, I can kind of look back and appreciate like, yeah, wow. That was, that was a lot. Um, but at the time, I think 
it truly was the only option. Um, Mm -hmm. you know, I had the privilege of, of going to a camp for kids with cancer where I was able to meet other kids who were amputees. Um, and so I was able to kind of see like what my life could look like with that as an Mm -hmm. option. Um, and once I saw that, it was like, uh, yeah, this is, it's really the only way forward. Um, and yeah, I don't know. It, it came from like a truly pragmatic perspective of like wanting to go back to doing the things that I loved. Um, so I made that decision, never really looked back. Um, I think, you know, I'm not an overly like a spiritual person, um, sure. but I don't know. I think that like, I remember waking up from surgery, um, from, from the amputation and just thinking like, okay, yeah, like I, I don't know what the rest of my life is going to look like, but I just had this sense of peace. Um, and this like, yeah, this like little voice just telling me that even though I didn't know what my life was going to look like, it was going to be better. And the decision that I just made was going to lead me somewhere. Um, that, somewhere that I needed to end up. Um, mm-hmm. And so I think just like always having that little bit of of peace in the back of my mind, um, I think that kind of helped me kind of just navigate like the aftermath of, of becoming an amputee um, and like what that new uh, sort of phase of life was going to look like. Um, so it took me a little while to find out like what that thing was. Um, mm-hmm. you know, I spent my high school years kind of dabbling in, um, in different sports, but I never really found anything that I was like, oh yeah, I like, this is working for me. Um, I think that, you know, I grew up playing mostly team sports. And so, um, after my amputation, I kind of tried to get back into, yeah, basketball, soccer. And it was like, it's just, it's not the same. Like I can't keep little, up with the people that I <laughs> used yeah, to. Yeah. Little, little, little clunky. Little clunky. <laughs> I can imagine. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. A little awkward. Yeah. Um, and you know, I think it's, it's also really hard. Like when you used to be really good at something, um, yeah. and then all of a sudden, like, uh, yeah, the entire way that you, you go about the world is different. Like it's impossible not to compare yourself to like how you were when you were really good. Sure. Um, and so that was like really challenging for me. Um, I think I needed to find a sport that like, I just didn't have any experience in so that I yeah. couldn't have that level of comparison. Um, so I, uh, I was able to find that when I was in college, um, I kind of went through, uh, a little bit of an existential crisis, like my first <laughs> couple of years of college. Okay. Um, and I think that was like, uh, again, I can see in hindsight now, um, college was the first time that I actually had to process like the loss of my leg. Um, I think mm-hmm. throughout high school, um, cause yeah, I had my amputation as a freshman in high school mm-hmm. and, you know, everyone at my school, like knew me and they knew my story. And yeah. so it was kind of just like, you know, when that happened, um, you know, everyone was super supportive and, and cool. And like, I was still me Yeah. and then I got to college and that was the first time that I was meeting people who, you know, had no experience with anyone with a physical disability, um, mm-hmm. you know, and so I just felt like, you know, I was meeting people for the first time and I just, in every interaction, I just felt so different. Um, yeah. and it was really the first time that like that difference was really, um, you know, something that I felt and that was really, really hard. My first couple mm-hmm. years of college were like, yeah, very, very tough. Um, and so I kind of knew that like I needed to to do something different. Um, and so uh, you know, my it was the summer after my sophomore year of college. I like mm-hmm. I was looking for summer internship opportunities and I came across um this adaptive sports organization in Chicago where I was living. Um and prior to that, like I had no real interest in um in pursuing adaptive sport at all because I didn't really see myself as being disabled. And I was like, I don't want to like, you know, go sit in a a wheelchair and play basketball because (laughs) like I can walk, you know, and and in my mind, that was like the only adaptive sport that existed. Um, Times have changed a lot since then, which is great. But uh, 
yeah the early or the yeah um in the early 2000s like that was kind of the the awareness just wasn't there um and so but yeah I don't know like there was just something about this organization that really spoke to me and I was like I think I want to work here um and so you know I I kind of like went into this internship internship with the pretense of like I want to help people with disabilities like get exposed to sport um but I think that like underneath all of that like there was this desire within myself you know Mm -hmm. um to to get back into sports myself um and that this was kind of like an avenue for me to do that so um my very first day uh like like in my interview going um into that internship um you know, I met with Carrie Sirota, uh, yep. who's one of the co-founders of Dare to Try, um, paratriathlon club. And, you know, she had kind of just started this side project of, of Dare to Try. Um, yep. she's a triathlete herself, super passionate about the sport. Um, and so in this interview, she's just like talking about the sport of triathlon to me and I'm like, okay, all right. Like triathlon's kind of always been one of those things that like, I always why? wanted to do yeah. no but I actually so yeah, yeah there was a level of why but yeah. like I remember I always wanted to do it simply because it's literally the most badass sport there is it um, kind of is and I think there's something <laughs> so like scary and intimidating about yep. it but like also really cool like mm-hmm. if you can do a triathlon like you can literally do anything you know in my mind like triathletes were superheroes and so yeah, yeah. I did want to do that because I thought it was like just kick ass. Um, yeah. and I never had any intention of actually doing one because I, I didn't have a running leg. I didn't know how to ride a bike as an amputee. Um, you know, I grew up like swimming around in the lake, but not competitive swimming. Um, right. I didn't have like any of the, the necessary tools to do this thing. Yeah. Um, but you know, then I was, I was talking to Carrie and like, uh, you know, with every excuse that I offered her, she kind of like came back at me with like, okay, well we can like, you know, I can introduce you to a prosthetist who can make you a running leg. We have yep. extra program bikes that you can borrow. I can teach you to swim. Like every excuse she kind of just like threw right out the window. Um, yeah. and so I yeah. left that interview and I was like, well, I think I just agreed to do a triathlon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Car- um, Carrie doesn't take no for an answer. That's <laughs> absolutely like anyone yeah you, d- you only need to meet her like once or twice and you know carrie sirota does not take no oh, 100%. yeah when i tell other people this story they're like oh wow that's weird that she like forced that on you but then when i tell people that know carrie they're like oh yeah that tracks like that's <laughs> exactly. very on brand <laughs> yep exactly yeah yeah <laughs> uh but no i mean i think that like i think she saw that like little fire in me and yep. that you know, desire to get back into this. And so she just like jumped on it. Um, and, you know, I have to say like at the very beginning, I was not super into uh, swimming, biking, running, any of the <laughs> above. Um, yep. What really drew me in was just like the community, um, mm-hmm. the Paratri community in Chicago was, uh, it was pretty amazing. And it was my first time like really being integrated into a community um, of people with physical disabilities. Um, cause again, I kind of like distanced myself from that world in the past. Um, and then, you know, once I kind of like got into that world, I was like, Oh my God, these are my people. <laughs> they just like, I feel like I understand the world in the same way that I do. And, um, you know, they're kind of the ones they're, they're the reason why I, uh, I kind of, kept doing the sport. Um, mm-hmm. and then eventually, you know, I, I fell in love with the actual training and the actual, you know, uh, process of swim, bike, run, but, uh, that, that took me, um, a little bit longer. Yeah. So like my, like my gosh, like it's, it's, it's crazy. Like our, our, like our stories are, are very like, you know, it's really funny that like our stories parallel each other pretty similarly. I mean, like you were mm-hmm. diagnosed with cancer a little bit, little bit later than than I was but basically you know you know and then you know uh, you know for for me triathlon you know I had heard about triathlon and like it it was one of those things it's like ah it sounds like a really badass thing to do and 
maybe one day eventually, but that's, that's not me. Like I, I, I like, I knew how not to drown. <laughs> yeah. I didn't know how to swim. Like, uh, you know, and it took me a long time to actually learn how to, to run and actually put all this, this stuff together. And, you know, you know peer pressure, um, got us both into triathlon mm-hmm. essentially, mm-hmm. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, so like you, you really, like you have grown up with the sport of paratriathlon, like, you know, you know, just knowing the history of, of paratriathlon, you know, you, you started in, you know, 2012, 2013. Mm-hmm. I mean, this was a, I mean, it was a, in, it was an infant sport at that oh, time. Yeah. Like people with disabilities had done triathlons, you know, you know, you know, anyone who's involved in triathlon knows you know about the you know knows about one-armed willie and you know all mm-hmm. the you know all the people that you know get featured on the you know the iron man broadcast and all that but like as a competitive sport you know paratriathlon has actually only been around for like less than 15 years oh yeah for <laughs> which sure. is which is which is crazy so like what like those early days like yeah. When you, when you look back, um, <laughs> kind of tell us a little bit about those, those early days of, you know, some yeah. of those first world paratriathlon events or cups. I don't even know what they were called back then. Yeah. I, uh, well, like, <laughs> well, there weren't really any, like there was one event every year and it was world championships. Um, I think, so yeah, I went to my first worlds in 2012 in in New Zealand. Um, and I mean, I think like literally anyone could go, I think that you had to like (laughs) complete a triathlon, you had to complete a triathlon (laughs) and then like you qualified for worlds. Um, and so, yeah, no, like literally anyone that wanted to could, could essentially go. Um, And, uh, you know, that was the case up until I think 2014 was the year where like things got legitimate. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, that was, uh, two years before triathlon made its Paralympic debut in Rio. Um, and so, yeah, that's when we actually started adding, um, other races to the calendar other than just world championships. Uh, mm-hmm. that was the first time there was an actual national team. Um, we started getting funding, um, yeah, just like little, little things that started to legitimize the sport. And, um, yeah, you basically saw team USA. I think our, our team in, in New Zealand in 2012 was like 30 some athletes. Uh, and then as we, you know, got a little bit more legitimate in, in the next couple of years, like that number, number definitely trickled down. Um, and I think that, you know, the people that stuck around were people that were like super, super serious about it. Um, totally. And, you know, like actually did want to make, uh, make this like their primary career. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I have to say like, I just feel, I feel really lucky that I got into it when I did. Um, Mm -hmm. because yeah, I mean, I look at the process now of, of new athletes trying to break into this world and it is so hard. Um, Oh yeah. And we definitely don't make it, make it easy for them. Um, no. but you know, when, <laughs> when I was getting into it, like I, all I had to do was show up. Um, <laughs> and yeah, to your point, like I was able to kind of like grow with the sport and as you know, the program evolved, so did I, mm-hmm. um, I think it did for me lead to like a little bit, not a little bit, a lot of bit of imposter syndrome. Um, sure. Because, you know, yeah, in those early days, like I probably didn't belong um, on the international stage. You know, I, I didn't have the athletic maturity um, or even the, yeah, like the, the skill set to, to be there. And mm-hmm. so I think for a long time, like I questioned, like, uh, do I even belong here? Yeah. Even after the program got legitimate and I did earn my way onto national teams and, uh, and all these things. Um, I think because that was like part of my formative experience, like mm-hmm. there was always just a seed of doubt. Um, yeah. and that's taken a lot for me to sort of work through. Um, sure. and I think now, you know, 12 years later, like I've, I've, I've 
kind of gotten to the point where it's like, okay, now like I've, I've proven myself and I do belong. Um, totally. but I, I don't know. I think that like, you know, we're all human in like those moments of, of feeling like an imposter, like Absolutely. we'll probably always still come up, uh, now and then it's just kind of a matter of, you know, quieting the voice a little bit. For sure. For sure. So let's, let's talk, you know, just some, some basic details. So you're an above the knee amputee, um, mm-hmm. you know, for most, mostly, you know, your, your paratriathlon classes, you know, PTS2. Um, and, and so what, how does someone with, you know, one leg, um, and you only have one knee compete mm-hmm. in triathlon? How do you do it? Yeah. That's a great question. Um, well, so starting with the swim, uh, one of the most common questions I get is like, what's your swim leg look like? And I don't have one. Um, (laughs) you're not allowed to use any kind of prosthetic, uh, device on the swim. And so, um, yeah, it's just, it's just me swimming yep. with one leg uh everyone yep. always asks if I swim in circles and like no you don't you kind of <laughs> no. the body's really good at just like figuring yep. out what equilibrium looks like in the water yep. um you find your balance and um yeah it's just swimming yep <laughs> it's pretty, yeah that part's pretty, pretty straightforward yeah yep um so then at para specific races um they'll have an area right at water exit called pre-transition. So um, we'll have swim exit volunteers that help us out of the water, um, help carry us out of the water and take us to that pre-transition area. And there um, we leave either crutches or a running leg, um, something to to put on to help us get from water exit to the transition area um, Mm -hmm. because yeah, that distance can, can vary. Um, yep. depending on where you are. Um, so yeah, I'll put my running leg on, uh, run to transition. And then when I get to my bike, uh, I take my running leg off, um, because I do not ride with any sort of prosthetic. Um, when I was first starting out, I, I did use a prosthetic leg. Um, and then, uh, you know, a, a few years into that, I switched to, um, what we call a stump cup. Um, yep. and so it's basically just, a um, a socket that's mounted to, uh, the seat post on the bike mm-hmm. and my little leg goes in there, um, gives me a little bit of support and leverage. Um, but I'm just pedaling with my, with my right leg. Um, it sounds really counterintuitive and like it would be slower than, riding with a prosthetic, but, um, you know, we've compared both setups and this one's, uh, it's a little bit more arrow. It's a little lighter. Um, and it works out pretty well. Uh, once you get past that initial shock of like, you know, training your hip flexor to do single leg drills for an entire race. Yeah. Literally all the time. It's not a drill. It's just you. yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, that was definitely a process, but, uh, you know, yeah. I've been doing that for, um, seven years now and, um, yeah, it works, it works pretty well. Oh. Um, and so yeah, it's the bike. And then, um, I have a prosthetic that I use on the run, um, as an above the knee amputee, you've got some mm-hmm. options. Um, you can run with, a, a prosthetic knee joint. Um, mm-hmm. it's just like a pretty basic hinge. Mm-hmm. Um, then with a, a running blade mounted to the bottom of that, um, mm-hmm. or you can run with a, just a straight fixed blade, uh, without a knee joint. Um, mm-hmm. and so trying with that, you end up kind of like swinging it out to the side in order to clear the ground. Yep. Um, so that's how I run. That's how I started running, um, yep. way back in the day. Uh, I spent about three years, uh, running, on a knee from 2019 to a couple of months ago. Um, (laughs) and I found that it just, it wasn't for me. Um, I tried absolutely everything to, to make it work and my body just didn't want it to work. And so I, I recently switched back to the fixed blade and, uh, my life has been much, much better ever since. (laughs) Um, again, it's one of those things where like you watch it and you're like, Ooh, that looks like not very efficient. It looks kind of like it would be painful, but, um, I don't know. 
I've, I've made that gate work really well for me yeah. and works um, for you. Yeah. Looks aren't always everything. Nope. They are, they are not. And uh, you know, it, it's, you know, it's so like, you know, yeah, you, you ran with the, you ran with the straight blade and in, in 2016, you ran on the knee and, 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 you know, in 2021 in Tokyo, uh, you know, you, uh, you know, like you said, you switch, you recently switched back to the, you know, the, the, the straight blade. Uh, but my, I mean, my gosh, like just the, the, the technology, you know, the technology from, you know, 10 years ago to, to now has, has changed. And, you know, just, whew, man, I, I just, I'm, I'm, I'm grateful that I only have to, you know, worry about putting a really strong guide on the front of my tandem. Mm-hmm. And that makes my bike go faster. Whereas oh, that's <laughs> you know, not you're... easy either. That's a whole other. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. But, but, uh, but, but let's, let's, you know, we, we, you yeah. know, we could, we could have a whole discussion about, you know, prosthetics and technology and, yeah. and triathlon. Like we could, we could go on about that for hours and hours and hours, totally. but um, let's, let's kind of rewind back to um, when you found out that paratriathlon and specifically your class was going to be in the, the Paralympic games, um, you know, back, you know, back in 2014, um, it was going to be in, in Rio. What were like, what were your thoughts? Like, was it, was it, was it, you were all in, I'm going to go for, go for the Paralympic games. Was it, I, what, what is kind of your, what was your thought process? Okay. Wow. I'm going to tell you something that like, no one really knows. Ooh, um, I like yeah, this. This is, this, is, this is what we, this is yeah. what we get here. <laughs> We're peeling back those layers. Yeah. Um, yeah. Cause actually this is something that I haven't thought about in a really long time mm-hmm. uh, that I almost forgot that it was part of my story. Uh, so I remember, yeah, there was all this uncertainty of like which classes were going to be in for Rio because um, we only had a certain number of medal events. Not all of them were going to make it in. Um, mm-hmm. And I didn't think that uh, female PTS2 was going to make it. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know why. I just didn't think that we were going to. So, you know, at that time, um, I I think I might have like just done my first marathon. Um I was kind of getting into like this longer distance type thing. Um, You know, I really wanted to do an Ironman. All my friends were like getting into like ultra running. And so um, I don't know. I feel like my heart was kind of in uh, like long course. (laughs) And um, uh, I remember the announcement coming out and reading that uh, my class was in and I was disappointed. Like my gut reaction was just like, Oh no. Um, which like saying that now is like so crazy to me. Yeah. It's Um, wild. Yeah, I know. Absolutely wild. Um, but yeah, cause it's like, Oh man, I, I didn't think that we were going to make it in. So I like made all these other plans that I got like genuinely excited about. Um, and now here I am like, we're, we're in it. I have an opportunity to go to Paralympics, um, and I would be foolish not to, not to do everything that I can to, to make that happen, but I don't actually know if that's what I want. Um, and so I spent a couple months just kind of like wrestling with that question of like, mm-hmm. you know, um, yeah, do I, do I do like, what's like really setting my heart on fire right now? And that's like the long stuff or, um, you know, do I take advantage of like this truly once in a lifetime opportunity, um, that yeah, is that also like would allow me to, to make a living. Um, Mm -hmm. you know, I think that like, I knew if I decided to go for Rio, um, you know, I, I could maintain my status on the national team. I could get funding. I could like pursue sponsorships that were, um, you know, going to make it possible for me to make this a career. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas if I like did long distance stuff, um, it would have to just be a hobby. Um, yeah. but you know, at that time, like I was, I was working, um, it was my first job out of college. I was working at, um, a nonprofit organization. Um, and so 
you know, as I was wrestling with that question of like, you know, which, which avenue do I want to go down? Um, I also kind of knew like, all right, if I'm going to go for Rio, um, I'm going to have to quit my job. Like I can't, I can't keep doing both. Um, you know, I was balancing work and, and training and, um, you know, it was fine, but I mm -hmm. knew that if I wanted to like really make Rio a priority, like I was going to have to go all in. Um, and so, yeah, I don't know. I like, I went back and forth about it for quite a while. Um, and eventually I did decide that like the opportunity to, you know, represent the country at the Paralympics was, was, it was just too good. Um, yeah. and, uh, you know, I decided to, to go down that route. Um, and I think part of my rationale was like, you know, long course is always going to be there. Um, yep. this seems like an opportunity that might have an expiration date. Um, you know, I think the older I get, the harder sprint distance is, is going to be. So like, let's take advantage of this now. Sure. Um, so yeah, like, again, I kind of forgot that that was even like a decision <laughs> that I made because now, like, I can't imagine myself doing anything other than, you know, world triathlon sprint distance racing, but, um, yeah, <laughs> although you, was... ha you have, you have dabbled in, in some longer, longer stuff and, and you kick ass at it too. So yeah, you just, you oh, just, you, you just know how to kick ass. So <laughs> oh. <laughs> I do still, I do still love a part of me wishes that like there was, you know, an avenue to, to pursue yeah, long course same. on the parasite. Um, yeah, for sure. But you know, I, I, I love where I'm at now. Totally. Totally. All right. So now we're going to, you know, we're going to shift gears just, you know, uh, well, not really shift gears, but uh, um, let's, let's talk actual Paralympic games experiences because you have been to, you've been to two games. Um, you had incredible races at, at both games. Um, you can't, I mean, look, you, you, you can't say that you didn't have incredible races and, you know, not, I mean, you came home with silver medals both times. Um, but like, I know that they were two very different experiences and, and you have some pretty strong feelings about Rio and Tokyo. Um, so talk us through kind of both games experiences and like yeah. kind of compare and contrast them and yeah. you know, where, where your head was at kind of in, in each race and sure. And after each race. Yeah. Ooh. Okay. Um, so yeah, I mean, both games were like so special in, in their own ways. Um, yeah. you know, I think Rio just being like my first Paralympics, I don't think I really knew what I was getting myself into. Um, I kind of <laughs> thought it was going to be just like any other race yeah. and it was so much more just because, you know, um, it, it wasn't just triathlon, it was us and, you know, 20 other sports. Um, yeah. and you know, the representation from, from the rest of the world was just kind of like, kind of like next level. Mm -hmm. Um, and so, yeah, just like being surrounded by all of that was like very special. Um, I feel like that was kind of the first time that I really felt a deep sense of pride in being a para athlete. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, I think before that I always, considered myself as being kind of second class. Um, yeah. and once I actually went to a Paralympics and, and, um, you know, was able to see, you know, these athletes from, from other sports, like doing their things firsthand and being part of that community. Well, I was like, wow, this is actually like, like, this is what the Olympic movement is about. Um, yep. you know, um, and so, yeah. I mean, it's so funny. Cause like, I, I went into that race thinking that I was like, absolutely. in like the best form of my life. And I was like, to that yeah. point, yeah. um, for sure. And, um, yeah, you know, I think that I was just like, I was just like, so stoked to be there. Um, I, I don't know if I had like a whole lot of expectation about the race itself, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, I think I really did just like want to go out there and, you know, be the best athlete that I could be on that day and whatever happened, happened. Yep. Um, and, um, 
Yeah, no, I did. I mean, and that's, that's, that's what I did. Like, I feel like the performance that I put down on that day was like, um, it was one that I was, I was really happy with. Um, it's just funny now, like looking back, I look back at it and I was like, oh my God, like I didn't actually know what I was doing like, at all. It's <laughs> um, amazing. But none of, but, no, but none of us did. Like it was something no. different. We were so young, like the sport yeah. was so young. Um, but I don't know, like that, the, the whole experience was, um, it was incredible. Like I, I, I loved Rio. Um, mm-hmm. the, the hospitality among the people there was, was amazing. My whole family was there. We had like 13 people. And so I had this like giant entourage. Um, <laughs> and, uh, yeah. Um, I mean, the, the U S was able to, to sweep the podium, which was like incredibly special, just being able to stand up there with, um, you know, two women that I had shared so much of the last, uh, five years with, um, yeah you know, just like through training camps and, and, and racing together. Um, yep. you know, that was, that was really, really special. Um, yeah. we, that, that race took place on September 11th, 2016. Yep. So it was 15 years after, um, nine 11. And, uh, there was just something like, so special about, you know, standing up on the podium and seeing three American flags, rise up into the air, like on this anniversary of a really monumental day. Um, I think, you know, obviously like, you know, sport, it it can feel like really insignificant, um, you know, compared to something like that. But I feel like on a very, very small level, it did just kind of like show like, yeah, the human spirit is like so resilient and, um, you know, it, it just kind of like felt like this, like very small victory in a way. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it was, um, it was great. <laughs> um, <laughs> I think, you know, yeah, I think I'm trying to figure out how I want to go from here. Um, you edit, right? <laughs> yeah. We go raw. We go raw, girl. We go oh, raw. okay, cool, cool. <laughs> Never mind. Uh, no, it's it's all it's all good. No, so I mean, like, well, I mean, like, you bring up a really good point that, like, you know, sport, you know, sport is, it is, it is a small thing, but it is, it's a big thing at the same time, and like one of the one of the things that the Olympics and Paralympics does is is it unites the world through mm-hmm. sport. I mean, that's at least one of the goals of it. you know, mm-hmm. sometimes I think we get a little bit more, you know, at least in the media, the media gets a little bit more divisive about, about that, but, <laughs> uh, yeah. but like, at least among, you know, amongst the athletes, it, it, it seems to really like, it, it brings us more, it brings us closer together. Um, Absolutely. and, and I think we, you know, I, I got the tremendous opportunity to be with you in in Tokyo um and, and we saw that firsthand um yeah. in Tokyo especially after you know a year plus you know basically mm-hmm. two years of you know being apart from a lot mm-hmm. of people yeah um, so talk to us a little bit about the the Tokyo experience and kind of the because it was a you know, because I, I mean, you know, it, it kind of fold t- the Tokyo experience in with kind of our our team mm-hmm. experience yeah. because I, I really feel that the the you know I, I think I've I've mentioned this to you know to to you and and others before like I really felt that you know the the paratriathlon resident team and then the the greater like our our culture really started mm-hmm. to to coalesce in that during mm-hmm. COVID, um, strangely yeah. enough. Um, so kind of, kind of fold those two, yeah. your, your thoughts on those two experiences, you know, that the, you know, the, you know, our, our, our team culture and experience yeah. plus, you know, how that impacted and affected, you know, what, yeah. what went on in Tokyo. Yeah. Well, no, that's great. And I think, you know, it is impossible for me to talk about Tokyo without talking about, what you just said about our team, because like that, 
yeah, like the closeness that we had as a team is like what made Tokyo so special. Yeah. Um, you know, it, yeah, Tokyo was so interesting because for a long time, they were like, we weren't even sure if it was going to happen. You know, it got yeah. delayed a year, but the, even after it got delayed, we're like, is this going to happen? Like, we don't know. <laughs> like, yep. The world is so unpredictable. Um, so it's tough because we're like training for this thing that like we weren't even sure if it was going to be a thing. Um, but to your point, I think that, um, you know, our Colorado Springs based crew really did sort of come together, uh, during that time. Um, you know, I think we'd always been really close, um, and we were always like doing stuff together, but yeah, I don't know. I think that just like, we had to rely on each other on a completely new, in a completely new way. Um, and, you know, I think that like, actually going to Tokyo um you know that experience was so different from Rio because there were no fans there were no spectators like mm-hmm. I think all of us our families were planning on coming oh, yeah. um and you know all of a sudden like that wasn't the case and so we really only had each other to rely on and so mm-hmm. you know whereas in the past like that would have been an element like in Tokyo it was that was everything. Um, and I thought there was something like really, really beautiful about that. Um, Mm -hmm. and also just the fact that, yeah, like you said, you know, we had spent so long sort of living in isolation. Um, Tokyo was really the first time since the pandemic that, you know, it did feel like the world was kind of coming together again. Um, and we were just surrounded by, by people all the time. And like, that was kind of weird because like, we didn't really remember what that felt like. Um, but I think that just like after so many months of, of feeling alone to get that many people, um, in an environment together, it was just like, every single emotion was heightened. Um, Mm -hmm. I just remember feeling like all of the highs were so much higher and the lows were so much lower because we actually had other people around to experience them with. Um, I think that like, I definitely feel things so much more deeply when I have people to experience it with, um, Tokyo just like, yeah, really, really magnified that. So, um, it was probably like, the most emotional week of, of my life, like in the highs and the lows. Um, oh, yeah. and I feel like it took me quite a bit of time to, re- to recover from that. <laughs> like it was just, it was just a <laughs> yes. lot. Um, it was, it was, it was a lot. Yeah. It was I, a lot. We, uh, we, we, we definitely experienced some highs and Ooh, man, there were some, there were some lows during that. <laughs> yeah, there really were. Uh, but, but yeah, I yeah. think that, you know, yeah I mean that experience would not have been the same like without without our crew um you know I I I truly do look back on that period of time as like one of the most fulfilling periods of my life um yeah and yeah it not necessarily because I got like every outcome that Mm -hmm. that I was hoping for but like yeah just because I think Mm, the emotions that I felt like during that time were so just it it was it, it was like an entire lifetime uh that we experienced in in three weeks you know yep. um yep. and and we did it together and uh, god I don't know it was just <laughs> it was so meaningful yeah no I I hear you but I know that you know just a, just a couple more, you know, questions and, and kind of thoughts here. Cause I know, you know, you, you got a crazy <laughs> busy afternoon, uh, you know, with, uh, you know, some, you got some sports med and, and all that, but kind of like, I mean, I, you know, two silver medals at the, you know, Paralympic games, you've been a, you know, professional triathlete for 12 years. I mean, you know, three or four world championship, you know, wins under your belt. Uh, you know, you, you've been dominating, um, the, you know, the PTS two women's class for the last, you know, year 
and a half plus, you know, I mean, you, you know, <laughs> like everyone kind of knows when Haley dance shows up on a start line. All right. Who's going to get second right now. <laughs> um, what's, what's next? Like what, Ooh. how do you, how do you keep yourself going? Like what's, what's next? Like what is, how do you keep yourself <laughs> inspired and motivated to, to keep driving on? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think, uh, I think there's a few things. Like I think for one, I, uh, thank you, by the way, that was like, yeah, <laughs> awfully nice. Um, <laughs> but I do still think that I'm still so far away from like maximizing my potential. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know there's like still so much more that I can do. And like, I really do want to, one of the like driving reasons that I'm in the sport is to just like figure out like how far can I push myself physically yeah. and mentally? Like, what am I capable of? And I really yeah. want to find out like what that limit is. Um, and so that definitely does drive me. Um, but I mean, I think just to come full circle, like to the very first thing that I said, like it's, it's the people around me, um, that, that motivate me every day. Um, and I think, especially now, like, as I, you know, I'm becoming a more senior member of, of the team. Um, and I've been around the block and like, I have wisdom now that I didn't have, uh, when I was first getting into it. Um, and I think we're in a really exciting time in our sport right now where like, this pipeline that we've talked about developing for a really long time is actually yep. starting to get developed and we're yep. starting to see a lot of young talented athletes come in mm-hmm. um and i i think that i've been able to kind of like assume a role of um yeah like being the being a mentor, uh, in the same yeah. way that like I had mentors who, who brought me up into the sport. Um, yeah. and that motivates me a lot. Um, and just, you know, like trying to sort of lead by example, um, and kind of show these, you know, young kids that are coming into the sport that like, you know, yeah, this is this one, this is what it takes to like succeed, um, Mm -hmm. in triathlon, but also like, this is the type of person that you want to be in the process. Um, like this is, this is the culture that we have, um, here at the team. And like, it's a culture that, uh, you know, we intend to uphold for all eternity long after all of us are gone. (laughs) Absolutely. Um, And so, yeah, I don't know. I think that just like, sort of like being that, uh, model, um, really, really motivates me, um, on a daily basis. Awesome. I, yeah, no, I mean, it, you know, I, I can, I can tell you that, you know, from, you know, I, and I think I've, I've told you this before, but, you know, I just, I, I gotta reiterate it. Um, you know, you, you've always exuded professionalism. Like, I mean, from what, from the time that I joined, um, you know, from the time I joined the the resident team in, in 2019 to, to now, like, you know, you've always been one of the, the models of, you know, grace and professionalism. Um, and like those, those are two words that really spring to mind whenever I, you know, whenever I, I think of Haley Dan's and, you know, you know, apart from, you know, apart from just badass, <laughs> um, you know, you know, and so being able to, you know, even though, you know, even though you, you have now thoroughly kicked my ass in the pool for the last, you know, two years and, you know, moved, moved lanes into the, into the faster lane and I'm no longer your swim buddy. Yeah. Not for Feels- long. You're coming, <laughs> you're coming for me. I know it. <laughs> that, that's pretty much my, uh, that's like my goal in life is to get back into, into, into the lane next to you. So that's oh like my, my goal in life right it's, now. <laughs> it's only a matter of time. I know it's coming. I know one day, like you're going to wake up and all of a sudden, like, like, yeah, I'm going to be like fighting tooth and nail to stand your feet <laughs> happening. No, but in all, in all seriousness, um, like you, you seriously have been, you've been that professional, you've been extremely gracious in, in all aspects of, you know, triathlon in, you know, being an ambassador for, for sport, you know, parasport in general. And, you know, I, I you know, like I said, we, we could, like 
we could talk for hours and we have talked for hours <laughs> before <laughs> we've just never recorded it. Um, yeah, exactly. Um, about, you know, everything. Um, but I, I, I think a lot of people are going to get some, some good insights from just from hearing your story and, you know, just thanks for just number one, being an amazing teammate. And number two, thanks for just taking a, you know, an hour out of your time to come chat with me and, you know, let, let the world, uh, yeah, at least my small corner of the world get to know you a little bit better. And cause you've had a, you've had a huge impact on, on me and, you know, it's time that the rest of my fans start to feel that impact as well. Oh God. Well, thank you, Kyle. <laughs> I wish that we could keep talking for much longer because I feel like there's so much I'd more that we could, there... we could get into. Well, um, how, how about how about this? Uh, post post season, we'll uh, we'll we'll do another we'll do another uh, we'll do another podcast. Okay, how about that? I'm here for it. Yeah, we might have to, might have to do like a team roundtable podcast. That'd be oh, fun. I actually kind of love that. That's a great idea. Oh, let's let's oh, plan and then on people that. People can like get a true insight into like the madness. I think that could be exactly. Fun. Oh, yeah. I, all right, I'm putting that on the calendar. Yeah, <laughs> awesome stuff. Great chaos, storm. but it's fine. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Just real quick before uh, before you run off to Sportsman, give get let everyone know how they can keep up with your journey, follow you on on all the mm. social platforms and all that. Yeah, um, so I'm I'm most active on the Insta. I don't even think I'm on Twitter anymore. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, I'm on Instagram, Hailstorm USA, uh, spelled like a hailstorm. Yep. USA. Yeah, you'll find me. Love it. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Love it. Awesome. Well, Haley. Thanks so much for your time. And I, I think a lot of people are going to enjoy this one. So oh, thank everyone, you. I had a lot of fun. This was great. Awesome. We'll, we'll do it again very soon. I promise. Perfect. All right, girly. We'll take All care. Right. Thanks. See ya. Bye. Thank you so much, Haley, for coming on the show. It was so great catching up with you and letting my fans and supporters uh, get to know you a little bit better. Um, you and I, obviously, we trained together uh, so much, and, and we've become pretty good friends over the last uh, handful of years. But you know, And you are definitely one of the people that has uh, helped shape me into the, the triathlete and the athlete that I am uh, today. So thank you so much for being willing to come on and and share your story with uh, with people in you know in this format. Um, but hey, you guys. Uh, funnily enough, Haley and I and a, a few other teammates are actually currently in Vichy, France, um, at a national team training camp when this episode uh, drops. Um, so if you guys want to follow my journey and and all of our journeys, really, uh, please check us out on um, you know Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, all the social media platforms. Um, you heard Haley's uh, handle in the episode here uh, at Hailstorm USA. Uh, you can also check me out on Instagram at Iron Kyle. That's E Y E R O N K Y L E. On Facebook at Kyle Kuhn Speaks and on Twitter at Kyle underscore Kuhn. Uh, please also check out my website, kylekuhn.com. That's where you can pick up a copy of my book, Discovering a Life Without Limits How Cancer Took My Sight, Blindness Gave Me Vision, and The Mountains Let Me Live. You can also pick up a copy of that book on Amazon Kindle or on Audible. Um, but hey, you guys, uh, just a, a quick heads up might be a little bit sporadic with some episodes uh, over the next few weeks as I'm. Uh, as I am in France preparing uh, for the Paralympic test event, which is coming up on August 19th. Uh, but I hope to at least squeeze in a couple of interviews while I'm over here in France. And if, if I can get some episodes up over the next couple of weeks, I definitely will. Uh, but if not, uh, I plan to start bringing you guys episodes on a weekly basis again, starting in late August, early September. Uh, but until then, you guys, just thank you so much for your continuous support. Um, really appreciate it. Uh, please never hesitate to reach out to me via social media or via my website uh, to let me know what you're enjoying about the podcast. And also, um, if, 
you get the chance, please get over to Apple Podcasts and uh, leave a review. Uh, those reviews really do help the podcast ranking as well as help let me know how you guys are enjoying uh, everything about the podcast and what you're not enjoying about the podcast as well. Um, I'm always looking to improve. So, but anywho, thank you guys so much. Really appreciate it. And I hope to see you guys oops, again very soon. Uh, looking forward to bringing you guys some more episodes in the near future. Until then, as always, keep an eye on your vision. <laughs>